It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Welcome, everybody. We're doing something that we have never done before, a remote podcast joining the rest of the world. I think we're only a decade behind at this point. I don't know. But uh, if, this, if this works beautifully, it was my idea. If it all goes to hell, this was Zach and him trying to do it behind the scenes. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. So we're I, I, okay, this is going to work beautifully. I'm excited for this. Amazing. I hope it does. I hope it does. Even though uh, we're, all, we're all in Austin and it, we're like under hail and tornado warnings at the moment. I can hear the rain beating down on the outside of my house. So I'm, I'm just praying that the internet connection lasts. I know. The weather, if you're, if you're watching, the weather looks pretty good where Kevin is. No, yes. I, yes. Kevin is clearly <laughs> not. Kevin. Kevin is, <laughs> Kevin is just outside San Antonio, but no. Actually, this picture was actually just uh, last, uh, in March, I was in Hawaii, uh, on Kauai. No, actually, this was the big island. Sorry, the big island of Hawaii. This was a golf course I played on, and I took this you picture. Took- that picture was taken from my iPhone. Uh, it looks like one of those Windows backgrounds. Oh, I know. It's amazing. Oh, wow. uh, I got, when I, when I hit the tee shot, that's from the box. It's a par three. And so, um, yeah, I just stood there and all just kind of panoramic and it was, it was incredible. And I was like, so when we were looking for background pictures, I was like, I want, it's a widescreen. I'm like, what if I drop this one in there? I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. That looks pretty real. Yes, sir. I love it. Well, so those, those listening and watching and follow along this episode specifically, we really want to hone in and has a ton of great content and value for parents and educators, we are going to uh, talk about some excellent, amazing tools that Zach and I have personally experienced the power behind and, and the group that's behind it, behind them. So I'm going to go ahead and, and just kind of dive into just introductions. You've, you've heard Kevin and Denise's voice in the background there. So, so I'd like to officially welcome uh, Kevin Curtis founder of National Educators for Restorative Practices and co-founder, Denise Holiday. You guys are like a one-two punch, amazing uh, to get to know, work with, uh, love the creativity you're bringing to, um, you know, to the education world and, and really to families, to homes. Um, so much of what we're about to dive into are things that I'm excited to, to put into practice around the kitchen table now you know, with my family at dinner tonight and get better at them. Um, I think when Zach and I first came across you guys, it was, it, it was it, the message and what you were doing kind of spoke to us because it was an extension of what we were doing naturally in some way, but didn't have words for. So what I'd love for you guys to, to dive in and start with, it just kind of sharing big picture, who is any DRP? What, what is restorative practices? And, and then we'll talk a little bit about how this all came about in the first place. 
Awesome. Um, well, um, thanks for having us. My name is Kevin Curtis. This is my 21st year in education. Um, I have experience at the elementary, the middle school, the high school, a principal, assistant principal, classroom teacher, instructional coach, and I was a high school football coach, varsity football and baseball, for about almost 10 years in, in the public school system. And then I just simply moved up in leadership and got into assistant principal, principal, and I happened to be blessed to be on this campus in Ed White Middle School in San Antonio, Texas, in the Northeast Independent School District, and we ended up leading the district with 1,149 types of suspensions in schools. And that's yeah, impressive. I mean, Oh, we're number one. We were number one. And <laughs> we're that was, number yeah, one. <laughs> that was the only category we were number one in. So, um, yeah, and so um, just you know, the cut version is is we we thought we were under the same premises at most schools. You know, if kids don't want to be here and learn, get them out. Um, and what what really started thinking about it is is somebody pointed out that if you're number one and you're leading with that number of suspensions, why isn't your behavior going down? And we were like. I never thought about it that way, right? Never really looked at the data points. And so, believe it or not, my principal at the time, his wife was a criminal justice major. She was taking a criminal justice class at UTSA being taught by Robert Rico. And I always say, Robert Rico, man, when I talk to him, I give him the total credit for the restorative seed planted in the entire state of Texas. He's an adjunct professor, a retired police officer of 29 years, teaching restorative as a, as a philosophy and as a practical approach in criminal justice. And he brings up how it's being done in schools in Oakland, California. My principal's wife hears this, comes home, tells principal. Principal gets the idea. Within a few days, this police officer is pitching us the idea. Y'all want to be the first restorative campus. And I'm like, what is it? I hear the word restorative like most of your listeners, and I think restore cars, restore furniture, right? Mm -hmm. But he's like, no, restore relationships. And I was like, wow, now that's pretty ironic for me personally, because as I was working as this assistant principal, I was going to a second master's at Wayland Baptist in Christian ministry. I thought I wanted to be a youth pastor. So what's crazy about this whole thing is, is he's like restore relationships. And I'm like, wow. Now that's, I see the crossover into my personal life in my, in, in, in my belief in Christ. And so all of a sudden, I'm interested. Long story short, we pilot this in 2012, just in sixth grade. I'm daddy disciplined for 330 kids, 15 teachers. We loop up with it. So it takes three years for it to grow through this model to get through this campus. At the end of the three years, then the state of Texas, TEA, had come down and evaluated this. You guys are in Austin, the University of Texas at Austin, called the Institute of Restorative Justice and Restorative Dialogue, was our consultants. And they wrote a three-year evaluation and did all the consulting and helped us get this up and running. And then TEA said, we think we want to take this training across the state of Texas. And I was like, wow. They were like, you're the only one by default that has a voice in this for three years. How would you like to work with us? Not for us with us. And so I left public education and I just started training at the service center. So when you say, Joe, you're like, what is it? I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's the definition and what it has and what it changes so many years. For example, we called it restorative discipline, but it's rooted out of restorative justice, that powerful movement where victims and offenders get together and heal, right, through harm. And so then re recently, in the last couple of years, we've landed on relational or restorative practices and so restorative practices, we feel like is a good model and a good vocabulary that fits in schools. So as I'm growing and going through these trainings, I meet this amazing person, Denise Holiday. Mm -hmm. And so Denise Holiday is uh, in Maynard, and she'll tell you about, but she's in Maynard, Texas, working in this model. And I'm just blown away by her experiences and her voice and her heart. And so once I met her, 
you guys talk about this. Like, this isn't just work in schools. What this work has done for me over the last almost, again, eight years, it's transformed me. It comes into my household. It comes into my personal life, my professional life. It's truly transformational in so many ways. And that's why I'm excited to share about what we can look like that in the classrooms, not just in the classrooms, in the homes today. So then, Denise. Yeah. Yeah. And Denise, I'm going to get, I'm going to hear, I got a question for you in a second, but I heard something, Zach. I don't know if you heard what I heard. Maybe I misheard, Kevin, but I thought I, I heard a man describe being in the education system for about 20 years then thinking about being a youth pastor? Yeah. <laughs> All in God's timing, Joe. All in God's timing, you know? Uh, man, that, if that's not the most backwards thing I've ever heard, I don't know what it is. But, <laughs> but you don't even get to that point unless you have a deep passion and love for the next generation. So we, we definitely, definitely love that. So, uh, Denise, if you were explaining what restorative practices are, to a teen, how would you sum it up for them? Um, If I'm explaining, I'm gonna say restorative practice is, um, and this is Kevin's definition, a relational approach to building and sustaining relationships while um, also using it to repair harm or dealing with discipline. But if I'm speaking from my heart, about this and personally, um, restorative practice is about um, listening to each other. It's about when we get it wrong, how can we make it right? Um, It's about letting every person involved know that every person matters. Um, We are all needed for what we bring to the table. Uh, whatever that is. Um, It's about connecting. It's about love. um, It's about um, value. And in fact, um, after meeting Kevin, um, like before meeting him, I did not find value in myself. Um, I didn't think I was valuable at all. I knew that like what I was doing in terms of working in schools, um, I did it because that was what I needed when I was a student kind of get that. And um, it was just a way of living for me. All right, I needed this. I remember going through this. um, So I want to give that to other students. But in fact, when I met Kevin, like I just kept hearing him say to me, "Um, you deserve it, or you deserve better. And I keep asking him, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you invested? Why are you calling me? What do you want? What do you want from me? And in fact, he wanted absolutely nothing. But for me to see that I deserve to be valued and I am somebody, no matter what I bring to the table, mm-hmm. uh, whether I have something or nothing, the love um, was good enough. So yeah, Kevin really, man, he's my best friend, my brother. He really helped me um, work through a lot of things that um, otherwise I don't think I would have. I really don't. Yeah. So if I'm I'm listening to this as a as a parent, as as a educator, influencer, and I'm and I'm identifying with things that I can relate to personally and you know in, in ministry and all of it. So I'm I'm super excited to start diving into the tools. But before we do that, because you, you guys you guys have some great content here, 
can you share either one of you guys share a story or something a moment that you were working with a student or where you've seen how does the light bulb go off how does this actually play out and impact people families relationships so i'll share a little bit about my own personal family experience. Um, I had just recently been trained in restorative practices. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do the, the family thing versus the educator thing. because I have plenty of those stories to tell also. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is so powerful. And um, at that time, Circle was in the forefront. Um, and what we realize now is so many, so much more than just Circle. But my son was struggling. Um, and he was struggling with his relationship with his dad. And I was desperate um, to not save him, but let him know that he had a voice and his voice should be heard. Um, and so his dad was like, oh, what are we gonna do? Um, we were not married at the time, he was remarried. And I said, all right, I just learned this circle thing. Now I never recommend anyone doing a, a family repair circle if this is their first time doing it. But guess what? I was two feet in the ocean head first. Um, I was gonna do whatever it took. And so when that was all over, I facilitated that family circle. And um, as he went around and told everyone what he needed, um, like I just got emotional, but it was profound because what he said was not material things. Um, what he needed was the way we spoke to him. Um, and the way we interacted with him, um, he felt like his dad wasn't as, you know, open or as uh, loving and caring. He felt like he didn't love him because of the way we speak to one another when we're angry. And so when his dad heard that, his dad, it was like a profound moment for him. We don't think about the words we use and how we use them and how it impacts others until we sit down and have an opportunity to share how it's impacted us. Mm -hmm. And when that was all over, we all left kind of going like, what just happened? But here's where I knew that there was power in that and it was needed is that he came to me maybe a week after that happened and he said, he calls, he goes, hey mom, uh, my friend is having a hard time with his parents. Can you do what you did? Can you help him? And I was blown away by that. I was like, I, I didn't do anything. And he was like, well, maybe you can talk. Maybe you can give them that opportunity that I had to share um, one, what I needed and how you speak to me impacts me. And um, I just want love. But for us as the adults to say, look, son, we love you. Um, and, and this is what we need from you. And so every now and then I still get those calls from him. Um, and he's kind of a passive, kind of quiet guy. Um, and, but the one thing that's certain is with his girlfriend, with all of his friends, if they're struggling, he picks up that phone and he says, mom, can you like talk to him? Like, you don't have to talk to him. Like, you know, just, can he come over and you just sit down with him? That said to me that he thought that was a gift to him that he wants to share with his friends. I don't know about you, but I thought that was pretty powerful and profound. Yeah, 
I, I just want to take all that for a student to invite their mom into situations out of this world, like modern day miracle. And two, I know exactly what he's talking about because I had the same experience when I met you. Like it says Denise Holiday down there, but you're circle mama in my book. And I felt it as soon as I met you. Joe was like, hey, let's go to this training. I'm like, oh, great, Joe, a training. I love personal <laughs> trainings. It's at a school. Oh, cool. At 8 a.m. I'm like, man, whatever. <laughs> uh, I say no to Joe. But by the end of day one, like it didn't even take me getting to day two. Like we went from sitting and taking notes and it was something academic to something I was actually actively engaging and participating in. I think we were up at the front dancing or do, doing something I wouldn't do in most situations. Yeah. Like you just unlocked me and mm. I was really present. Yeah. And it all happened because of, of this, because of the relationship, yeah. because of how you were communicating, the different tools that you're going to share here in just a second. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think for me, um, many ask, like, why are you, like, how do you have so much love and you hug on so many people? And I tell people all the time, I want to give to others what I needed in my most difficult trying, struggling times. I want them to receive that. I never want anyone to feel like I ever had to feel um, not valuable, unwanted, not worthy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, I just give that. I don't even know that I'm doing it. It's just, yeah. it's just, but Joe, I would say this to that. Sorry to interrupt, but here's the deal. Like Denise, we, you, like you, you guys, you guys got to experience it, right? You experienced exactly, Zach, what I experienced, right? When sitting in a room, right? You're like, oh my God, what is this, right? And what I try to explain to people, and in fact, everyone on our team who comes around Denise, right? Everybody's, she's anointed. Like she is truly anointed, right? And I'm so comfortable in the setting saying that word. She is so anointed. And what she couldn't see, what everybody else saw was she is light. And and, and, and I know we're not going to go very deep into this, but just understand Denise comes from a very dark past, right? And you don't understand. We would sit with notebooks behind her or in circle with her. And we would be like, what, what, how did Denise say that sentence? Right. Or how did she ask that question? And we're like, we asked the exact same question, right? Like what, it, there is just something about her. She has it right. And she is blessed. And so I, I told her about a year ago, I said, I think I figured it out. None of us can emulate you. It's impossible because the way God has created her, right? She has come from this very dark and traumatic past. And I tried to tell her, you know, we're roughly the same age. She's a little bit older than I am. She, so she turned 51 just this month and I'll be, I'll turn 51 in, in September. But I told her when we hit 50, I said, you know what it is? I said, when you walk into a room you've held on to so much of that light inside of you. Mm -hmm. Now, 40 something years later, when it finally came out, when she comes into a room, like she literally lights up the room. And so I told her, I said, that's why we can't do it. It's not the question. It's not the format. We just don't have that anointing that God has put on you. You are a human hug. I tell people all the time, the reason she's my co-founder, she is the heart. I am the head. She is the heart. I'm that ex-football coach, disciplinarian, you know, that I'm that guy. She is all about love and patience and forgiveness. I'm like, forgive what? Right? <laughs> so like, Joe, you talk about a story, right? When I was in the middle of teaching this concept or this content at this middle school, 
you have to understand, I had just come off of a year of 1,149 types of suspension, nose to nose, toes to toes, having kids arrested. And, and, and to be honest, I was kind of enjoying that part of the job. I was, I was almost like an extension of our, our SRO, our police officer, right? But it hit me after I spent the next year building relationships, sustaining relationships, listening to kids' problems and whatever, that's interesting dynamics. That's when I was in my, got it back into that ministry mindset, got started working on that second master's. Then year two, it, it, it's like a sophomore slump. All of a sudden, it's like reverting back to default, right? Who you are. And so all of a sudden, they start treating me poorly. I start treating them poorly. And I almost abandoned everything restorative. When I say restorative slash relationships, relationship centered, right? And all of a sudden I'm like, well, then you know what? You can get out of my school and you can get out of my school. And I would have good days and I would have bad days. My emotions were all over the place. And the kids would resonate with that. They'd be like, what is up with Mr. Curtis, right? Like one day he's good day and one day he's bad. And one day he loves us. The next day he's kicking us out. And, and I remember going home vividly one day as an educator, like most of us do. And I just remember sitting there going, what am I doing? Like, I just like, what is going on with me? And I remember at the time I was married to a principal and she was like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I don't like myself. I like the person I was last year, right? When I was really hyper-focused on relationships and repairing harm and sitting in circles and conversations and not have to worry about. And I said, and I think I just kind of lost my mojo, right? And she said, so what do you think you can do? And I said, I, this was literally a Saturday morning. And I said, I am so convicted right now. If I literally could go up to the school right now and bring, cause you got to remember all my kids looped up with me. So these are like my I'm daddy discipline for them from sixth grade to seventh. I said, if I could bring all my seventh graders up to the school right now as a group and apologize to them, I would. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, you know, that's not possible. I said, no, but I said, so I got to do something. So I made my mind up on Monday. I sent an email to the teachers. I said, hey, everybody's goes through math. I'm going to be coming through math today. I just need five minutes to have conversations. I had no script, didn't know what I was going to do. I started walking in rooms and I said, hey, guys, I just need to talk to you. And I just want you to know that I know you've seen some changes for me from last year to this year and recently some good days and bad days. And all I can tell you is, is, is I don't like it, but here's what I'm struggling. The way that you treat me, there are days that you treat me poorly and there's days that you respect me. There's days you love me and there's days you don't. And I don't know how to handle that yo-yo emotions, right? And I said, so all I'm here today is to tell you, I want to do better. And I am so sorry for the way that I spoke to you. And if I've been in, you know, if, I, if I've had an attitude with you or if you've been part of that, that mass discipline exit when I've just kicked people out, I am so sorry and I want to do so better. And so I went through math class. Well, you, you come to the third period. This is right before lunch. And I don't realize it. It is a, taking an emotional toll on me. And by the third apology, man, I am, I mean, my lips are quivering. I'm in tears. I can't finish my sentence. And I'm speaking from my heart. And in the middle of my lip quivering and stopping, man, one of my students stood up, man, and the joy was like, mm. do you see what we're doing? Do you see what we're doing to him? He's in here apologizing. And we, do you see what we're doing to him? How we're treating him? Mm. And so I, I, I just hugged her and I, and I thanked the class and I left. And man, I got to lunch and we have a microphone at lunch. And so now you have everybody in there. And so I'm not trying to do my apology or anything during lunch. Now it's just like, all right, we're at lunch, whatever. 
And out of nowhere, LaJoy walks up and says, excuse me, and she grabs the mic, and she literally in front of 300 plus kids and says, I need y'all to shut up and listen to me now. <laughs> and so everybody quiets down for LaJoy, and she's like, if Mr. Curtis has not come to your classroom today, I'm just telling you, you better be listening to him, and we better be treating him right, right? And she just starts talking about how we should be treating each other. So when you talk about the impact of this, you don't see that stuff coming. Mm -mm. There is no textbook for that. There's not something that you're going to be taught in a class or right or something in your college. And so those real life experiences is what allowed me to jump in two feet and go, okay, I got, I have to continue to be intentional to stay in this space because my kids need this, but I need this. Yeah. I cannot stay in education. And so what's crazy is when I left year, a year later, I didn't want to leave. I just had to convince myself that God had a plan for me and I thought I was going to be a principal and go to, you know, get up to a superintendent one day. God was like, Hey, you know, how you were having that second master's in ministry. Guess what? You're about to apply all that discipleship and all those things that you learn. I'm just going to give you a new platform to do it. And that's going to buy, by going out and training adults in these relational practices, restorative. And so I just, it's, it's amazing. You can't ever outthink God and how he, you know, he aligns things. And I'm like, look at how smart he was. He got me elementary, middle school, high school, principal says, you know, he gave me every litmus test so that when I stood in front of educators, I had all the ability for them to listen. And then when you let somebody like Denise, and, and I say this with most respect, but first I met Denise, they're like, she's just a paraprofessional. That was a title, right? That just means she doesn't have a degree and she doesn't have very many college hours or whatever, but it doesn't mean she's not amazing. doesn't mean she doesn't have the biggest heart ever. And I think the connotation in education is that you need to have a degree in this. And I tell them opposite. In fact, not having a degree, and I'm so glad I didn't get a doctorate in this. I'm so glad I'm not Dr. Curtis. I'm just regular old Mr. Curtis because I think the more real and genuine and authentic you are, I think that helps other people kind of maybe start to permeate some of those layers of biases and cultures and beliefs that this relationship approach can't work. Yeah, this is, this is great stuff. So now we're itching to kind of dive into some of this, the, the practicals here. So let's do that. I'm, I'm ready We the four of us are going to participate in, in right. some of these practices. So what you got up for us and how we're going to do ready to roll with me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So we have one tool um, called the mood meter or pulse meter. Um, getting a pulse on where um, your students are, where your family is. We don't think about that. Think about, I want you to think about pulse meter. Think about how simple it can be, but we neglect to check in on one another. So I want to do a quick check in with you guys. Um, I'm going to do a scale to one to five. Um, to see where you are. One means that you're not very good. Five means you're doing great. Um, and just share a little bit. I'm, I'll share first. Um, so our pulse meter share, scale to one to five. Um, I am, I'm gonna be real honest. I am like a, a three to a five. A three because I was so nervous about coming on and doing this podcast, making sure, well, you know, say the right things. But what I realize is all I can do is be myself. So I'm a three uh, etching up to like a five now because this is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Joe. 
Wow. Uh, well, man, over the last two weeks, especially as this whole pandemic has unfolded, I think we've, <laughs> I know I've been from a one to five, five to one, one to five, all in the same like 60 second time span. So uh, if I had to stop and freeze the thing as to where I am right now, I would, I'd probably say four. Zach? Yeah. So I shared a little bit with you guys before we even got on. Uh, we had to put down our dog yesterday. Mm. So that had me at the lowest that I've been in a while. I'm also super excited about what God's doing and being on this conversation. But that I think I'm a two right now. Mm. And I'm, I'm kind of like riding that wave between one and five. Kevin? You know, I will tell you, we check in with our team every week like this. And so um, I have lately been struggling, like you talked about, Joe. It could be every 60 seconds. Um, but I will tell you, um, having better health and better just different things going on in my life at the end, I'm, I am much better. I cannot believe I'm a more of a four today. This has probably been the high point of the last couple of weeks. Like today, just the conversation, my mood, my attitude, just the way the directions go in. Um, we're launching our, you know, we're vetting our online training right now. Like a lot of things are finally moving forward to try to pivot from this. So I feel like today, man, for the first time in a long time, I can actually say I'm a four. Awesome. So I just want to say a little bit about that, about the pulse meter. It's not an opportunity and we confuse it sometimes for us to know where, where our students or our family is for us to fix it, but it's just an opportunity for us to know, all right, they're there. So this might not be the time to talk about something difficult or, you know, maybe I'll drop them a little note of encouragement because they may need it. It's not about fixing. It's about helping um, students, adults um, understand like inside of them what they're feeling, students to regulate themselves. I don't think we think students um, really understand like what I'm feel students feel, butterflies, what does that mean? Um, how do I check in? Because um, it's not something that we, we teach. Um, Self-regulation or where we are. We don't teach that, we teach math science, all of those things, but we don't teach about those butterflies in our stomachs. We don't teach about when the hairs on the back of our neck stand up. We don't teach, all right, let's talk more about that. So really it's more about um, self and knowing where the ones that we care about and the ones we are around, where they are. So we know how to approach, Kevin. So if I can just extend on that, Joe and, and Zach. So at the end of the day, it can be a scare. It's like when you go to the doctor and they're on a, where's your pain on a zero, one to 10, right? You can do a scale of one to 10, one to five. You can do a color, almost like lights, right? You can do, you could do like, hey, if you were a, a car today, what kind of car would you be, right? And, you know, that, that car would describe, we could kind of get an idea of where you're at. So checking in with you on a pulse meter can have a variety of different ways. The, what it does, though, is what Denise is talking about is it's not just a number of saying, I'm a four. Now, notice that Denise didn't ask us to expound, but we were naturally expounding on why our numbers are that. One of your family members or one of, you know, if you're on an online youth ministry and you're virtually checking in with them, somebody could say a three, you know, or a one and not tell you why right? Zach tells us about, the, you know, having to put the dog down. So there gives some context to that. So then that way, when somebody does expound on it, you know, like, okay, whatever we're covering today, whether it just be fun, content, whatever it is, we need to take time, tone, and circumstances into consideration when we're speaking to that person, correct? 
You know, so when you look at it, it, it's, it, it can be a variety of days away to check in. But I think with everything that's going on in this pandemic, we need to be checking in. And what Denise just talked about is, is we want to start getting to the point where, hey, well, not just what number are you or not what just car you are, what color you are, what, what is that like for you? You know, or what are you struggling with? Getting comfortable enough to talk about our feelings surrounding or our circumstances surrounding whatever that pulse is so that we can support each other or just know how to give you distance. And, and the biggest thing I think I've learned through Denise and through these tools is when somebody's struggling, not everybody needs to be hugged or empathized. Some people need distance. Some people need closeness. And so we have to be very delicate when particularly an emotional time where everybody's going through things, as you mentioned, Joe, in 60 seconds, you can go from one to a five or five to a one and all these different things. So with our fluctuation of emotions right now, I think it's important as families in, in our, in our homes and in our offices, if we're together, even virtually, Hey, check, we call it check in, check up and check out. So, you know, if you could do that throughout your entire day, that way, if something gets thrown at somebody, you can be there for them, even if it's just to listen to them. I say, I think that's a great point. So I'm hearing you say, we could use a pulse meter multiple times a day. Um, and, and so let me, I'm gonna ask some questions on this before we move on to the next uh, practice here. But let's say I'm at the dinner table. Uh, I know my nature is to be a fixer. Um, so I'm checking in, I got my three kids at the table. I got my wife, I, I have my you know, um, 80 year old mother who lives with us. And so we're checking in and um, my wife starts, she's given a little bit of context and detail. Then it goes to my sixth grade son and he says, one, that's it. What do I, what do, as a parent, do I drill? Do I press? Do I pause? Do I just move on to the next person? So I'll, I'll share and then Kevin, if you wanna add in. So as a parent, of course we know our kids um, and we kind of, we, they can walk out of the room and we know their moods. Um, my son walks in the door. I know if he's had a good day or not. Um, but what I will say is um, if he is sharing a one, it's not really about probing, but it's about creating an opportunity and space for, if you want to talk about that, I'm here. Um, and then maybe you, you know, come back later and do another uh, check-in or check-up and see where he is. Um, but probing um, a person who's a one, that's kind of like asking um, for a fight or flight mode. Like, all right, you, you, you just don't even know. Just leave me alone, I need my time. Um, having kids and, and knowing all of those things, I would say, ask him, um, let him know that you're there. If you need um, anything, if I can help, um, let me know. And then just backtracking and checking that mood again. Uh, but prior to, I think, upfronting it, having those conversations upfront about, you know what, guys, we're going to do mood meters. Um, we're going to think about our pulse meters. We're going to think about where we are. Um, and if, you, if you're a one or a two and you're low and you, you want something from us, you do need something from us, feel free to like, let us know. Have that conversation. What do you need? So the only thing I would add, Joe, as a male, I'm like you, we're genetically at times DNA to fix things, right? And so I tell people at trainings all the time, I think what restorative has taught me is how to be a better listener. 
because you know we we actually show a video and if you haven't seen it out there it's called the hammer and the nail it's a woman has a nail stuck in her forehead and you've seen I it. love that yeah yes yeah i show it because the man's like no i think what the problem is you need to take the nail and she's like see you're not listening he's like fine i'll listen right so when you see that we actually use that video because what we're trying to say is sometimes just listen so what i tell people all the time is sometimes i'm asking it might at times I tell them, um, particularly if you're in a marriage or a relationship, right? I ask the significant other or your spouse, say, hey, am I listening to fix or listening to listen? Because that allows me to have two different mindsets. Listening from here and I'm pointing to my head or listening from my heart, I will tell you are two completely different listening styles. And what I've learned is, is I typically just start now listening to my heart, but that's taken many years of practicing. And then if you say, oh, no, so would, what do you need? So to, to give you a very specific answer to your, your question is, we believe this sentence stem right here is universal. So if I could give you the biggest tool for your listeners is, it's this sentence stem here. What do you need? Now, pause there, dot, 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 and then you fill it in. Hey, son, what do you need in order for you, right, to, to feel supported while you're in a one? Or what do you need while you're in a one space right now? Do you need me to back up? Do you need, you want me to check in later? Because ultimately it leaves us as a listener guessing. And our, parent, our parental instincts are, well, let me just fix it for you. Well, let me do this, let me do that, right? And so instead of us pouncing and fixing, we need to listen. And if you listen and ask that question, what do you need? So, so like some of your students, let's say you have a, a youth pastor that's doing a virtual Zoom, right? And one of your students is not, you know, just seems distracted or whatever, you literally could just say, hey, Zach, what do you need so that you can kind of focus and participate with us while you're on our Zoom right now? I need to shut the door. I need to put the dog up. I need to put my phone down, whatever it is, right? But I think when you use that sentence, then you're filtering down specifically to the, to the root issue of what do I need? And it's okay when somebody says, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because the one, the biggest, most valuable lesson I've learned through this whole restorative journey and experiences, people are allowed to feel how they feel. You can't tell someone how they should feel. So, you know, as a parent, we can be like, why are you a one? I got a video game over here. You've been doing this. So then we try to convince them why they're not a one, as an example, right? But what we need to understand is, there are, however someone feels, you can't tell someone how they should feel. So the biggest thing I've learned is right now is they're allowed to feel however they want to feel even if I'm the one that put them there, that, that even if I'm part of the, of the reason why there are one today, because I didn't let them do something at the end of the day, how they feel is exactly how they should feel. So they got to be like, you know, when I was at home, remember, I just told you that story when I was at home, like, what is wrong with me? They have to get in a self-reflective mode. And hopefully if you have somebody in your life that you can bounce something off, because we were on a zoom call a couple weeks ago on a Monday, checking in with everybody. And I was probably at three or four. On Tuesday, Joe and Zach, I crashed to a one. But we didn't have a scheduled Zoom call. So what did I do? I knew that my team said, if, you're here, if you ever need us, and I picked up the phone and I called Denise and I said, Denise, I'm a one. She's like, talk to me, right? Therefore, it's me. But again, just knowing that sentence then, what do you need? And then ask that question and then just sit back and trust. And I will tell you, God trusts. I just trust all the time in the process. This whole thing is a process versus a product. All right. I, I so like love that about you, Kevin, because that, like, I, seeing that growth, like, we are truly, Kevin and I, we are truly living and walking this journey together, literally. 
Um, we do both all the time. I'll never remember that call. The time I called you and I was like, oh, I'm about to go off up in here. <laughs> and Kevin, you know, was like, all right, so just talk to me. And that was like a, not a fix, but he talked me off the ledge because <laughs> I do get on the ledge sometime. I'm human, uh, but we do the same back and forth. And so that, uh, that's on her other sleeve. She doesn't have it there, but that says Nisi. Yeah, Nisi. That's the Nisi and me. <laughs> when, when, when Nisi's ready to come out, I need to remind her, like, what? Your circle mama. Circle mama. Bring circle mama back. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when the hood wants to come out, you just That's like, right. That's right. Hood will come out. And I'm like, uh-uh. I put hood on Paul. But don't think I can't unpause it. <laughs> Love it. Zach, throw in there. I know you have something. We got to, I want to jump into another one of these practices, though. What do you got? So, I mean, it seems like this is a muscle that we're all building, right? And so now when we get in those tough situations, we've built up the muscles to be able to handle it. There's a guy walking in my backyard in the rain right now. <laughs> hey, uh, you know hey zach perfect opportunity hey what do you need what do you need <laughs> get out of my backyard nine millimeter right now ah, yeah <laughs> all of these just seem like tools in the toolkit so that when life does get tough because it will get tough you're able to like pull these out and i'm able to know exactly where i'm at yeah and I know how I'm showing up and I know how to show up for my wife, for mm -hmm. my friends, for my youth group so that yeah. I can love and serve them. Absolutely. I think that's it. You hit it on the head, Zach. Um, when we know where we are and we know where our loved ones are, are the ones that are around us, then we know how to show up. And that allows us to show up as our best self in that situation. Okay. All right. I got the pulse meter. I need something else. Give me something All else. Right. All right. So, Kevin, you want to do work? So we're going to do spark and then we'll do just a quick little one, two question circle. Okay. You want to do spark? Sure. You're great at it. So the spark, the, the, the spark is something we just call as a positive interaction, right? So when we're physically together, we teach them as high fives, fist bumps, chicken wings. Um, it could be rock, paper, scissors. Those, I mean, it could be almost anything. So what we want to think about is, is I want you to think about when you're with people in your home, right? So let's just talk about there. Let's talk about where you're still in person. If you're able to be within six feet of each other, then again, it, you're able to do those positive interactions and sparks, right? So sometimes they're physical contacts, but other times they can be written notes. So here's, here's, here's would be a challenge for some of your listeners, right? Is that something as easy and simple as a post-it note, right? And a simple post-it note, right? And if you, if everybody could try and something in their house, right, and write something down positive on a post-it note, and then when your children wake up, and whether they come to breakfast or it's on their door, or where's the first that they go on the bathroom, in the mirror, whatever it is, right, then all of a sudden you have a sign that says, you matter, right, or you're awesome, or I love you or um, just little simple things like that, right? If you're virtually sending a message, text messages, right? Uh, you know, we, we always joke about text messages or something sometimes we take as just like, um, you know, it's just part of our communication. It's just another nonverbal way to communicate. But I will tell you, and I, and I know you, were, you two have came to the training, but I don't know if we did this activity at the time, but during the training now, 
we make people intentionally pick up their phone and randomly text somebody, first person on their heart, first person on their mind, no, no, no filter, just, but it's gotta be positive, <laughs> positive, but just something from your heart. And listen, those text messages, I've had come people say, oh my God, I text messaged my mother today. And she was like, I love you. And she was like, what's this for? And you, and, and I joke with them because since we don't typically teach affirmations and use affirmations as joke, as Zach just said, as a muscle, right? Well, then what happens is when you use that muscle, people are like, why, what's this for? You know, like, why are you sending this to me? And I think that it's sad that we're not in an opportunity. So if you think about it, just right now, looking at us who we are, right? I'm going to let Denise go first. And Denise, right? Um, let's just say, Denise, you're going to go to Zach. And I want you to give Zach, I want you to affirm Zach. Go ahead. All right. Okay. You know, I got this. Um, Zach, um, I want to say, one, thank you um, for showing up. You're amazing. Your strength and your faith and God um, and and you showed up for us and your listeners today even though you're going through something I love your energy and your spirit um, and keep letting God use you all right so Zach I'd love to you yeah. since you I mean you, 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 your partner in crime why don't you affirm yeah. Joe I get to affirm Joe yeah <laughs> Joe wait because of your background what'd that say oh it's not gonna. Oh, is is that a butt? <laughs> is that a butt? The deepest crease in the heart <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Joe, your artistic ability may be lacking, but I love your leadership. I love how you continually show up. I love how you serve people behind the scenes. And right now, his house is full of people. He's he's got a couple living with him. I mean, mm. Joe just opens up his life to people. And, uh, and, and does it to serve and make them better. You're mm -hmm. awesome at that. Uh, I love that you look like Bradley Cooper. And I love that you eat cookies with me. <laughs> awesome. So, so when you think about this, right, and it gets the opportunities, everybody can just affirm each other. And so when we look at it, it can be a written note on the mirror. It can be a post-it note. Uh, it could be something that you write on a napkin and, and you're doing at breakfast, right? As the kids are having breakfast. If you're doing something virtually, again, just like you did, Joe, I can't see it per se, but, you know, writing something on a post-it note, if we can send messages to each other, right? There's so many different ways. And when you look at, um, I, I started watching so many things as we started to try to transition in this first this first part of going to online learning when before we went to online learning, I think everybody was just kind of like at, at, at spaces, right? Then all of a sudden we saw teachers driving through neighborhoods oh. and parades so that kids could start to still see them. Right. Oh. I've seen the campus where all the staff comes to the school and then the community drives through it. Like, I've seen some of um, our principals go and give out the still, we're giving out the teacher a year award or the nurse award at the house and they don't come within six feet, but they're like, we love you and we celebrate you, right? Like you in yard signs, like there's so many different things that people are coming up with and being creative during this time. But if you look at it, it's all about affirming. Positive interactions, particularly in this time, and I don't get, I'm, you know, whether you follow social media or news and everything, your whole world at this time could really at one time be crashing and burning, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what your experience is. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter called me this morning and one of her coworkers through a complication had passed away through this virus. And so she was emotional. And so it, it hits everybody in different places, but 
if we can learn to be more positive with each other, then ultimately what that spark does is, is it literally sparks. I mean, we do it from one household to the next household. And so if you're in your house, you need to find an intentional way to say, all right, how are we going to affirm each other this morning? So not only is it like muscles that we're going to exercise this morning, we're going to check in, right? We're going to affirm each other and then we're going to get to know you. And that'll be the third tool about just questions about how we do that. And, but you can do that multiple times throughout the entire day so that those emotions don't get all over the place. Because if I can prevent my, I can't prevent, I can reduce myself from being a one to five if I know I have that outlet and someone to check in with me, if, if I'm being more positive. It's all about our mindset and during this time. And what these tools do allows your mind to stay more in that positive, connected. And even though it's emotional space, it's more of a healthy emotional space versus a disparate emotional space. Mm -hmm. And it's also a tool they can use for those that they're missing right now. You know, send those text messages to those far away. Um, write a letter to someone, an email, uh, take a picture, record a video and send it. So it doesn't just have to be the people in your home, but it can be those that you care about and miss that are far away. I mean, okay. Joe, simple as this, and yeah. I'm not going to mention names, but one of, one, of my, one of my people on our team, right, he, I, he, the other day, him and his daughter were playing baseball or a little, like, ball in the backyard, doing some exercise as a young girl, right, and everything else. And I looked on there, and I was like, as a baseball coach, so the, the coach comes up, I'm like, oh, my God, she didn't even have, like, a bat, right? And so I go to Amazon. I know his address. I ship him a, a baseball, but I don't even tell. Next thing you know, it comes in on Friday, and they're like, did you send us this? And I'm like, ah, you know, and they're like, oh my God, it made our day, right? $20 little bat and ball and different tea, different yeah. things like that. So to me is it's not necessarily about the money. It's how can you remind people you're important, yeah. you matter, right? You're important. I see you, you matter. If you're an administrator out there in a school and you're like, how, you know, how can you can stay, can, uh, stay connected with your teachers? I know some schools have now created an online Facebook page group just for their campus so that they can continue to support each other. Some people are doing group texts. Some people are using weekly Zooms. Uh, some people I know are playing poker, virtual poker online. And they're like, oh my God, I haven't connected with these people in like 10 years, but every week we have a virtual poker online. And while they're doing it, they're just connecting with each other. So I think there's endless things. Just remember affirming and positive interaction. I, it's brilliant. We're two for two. We got pulse meters. We got sparks. We got time for one more. What one else? More. Okay. So one more. We're going to do GTKY? Yes, we're doing GTKY. Last okay. thing is uh, we say uh, get to know you circles. Now, circle is an opportunity for us to have um, intentional conversations, but we use a talking piece and we have circle guidelines so that, once again, we talked about that earlier. Um, so our best self shows up for others as we're in that circle space. And we're just going to ask fun questions to just get to know one another. You don't want to go deep because guess what? We might be in a situation where I don't really know you. I don't really trust you yet. So I'm not going to share deeply. Um, but something very low risk um, that would be easy to answer. So we use guidelines, we use a talking piece. Um, we pose a question, pass the talking piece. So let's do a quick um, little circle here. And I'm gonna go in the order um, and we're gonna pretend we have the little ducky as a talking piece. Start with me and then next is Joe, 
Zach, and then Kevin. And so here's the first question um, that I want to ask you guys. Um, since all of this, are you um, a bottom PJ person all day, or do you actually get up and get dressed like you're going to work? I, if I don't have a meeting, I'm not just a bottom PJ person. I'm in my PJs all day. <laughs> uh, I will. Do I have the ducky? You have the ducky. Okay. Okay. I'm taking the ducky. All right. Um, I, uh, I, I'm definitely a, a, P, a bottom PJ person, no doubt. Um, so that's, yeah, that's me all day long. All right. I'm There's, passing to the other way. Other way. Other way. There. there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, there's a reason this is framed right here. <laughs> right now. No, no, no. Uh, I have to get up and get dressed. I have to shower. Otherwise, I'm just lazy all day. So I have to get up and get dressed. All right. So oh. that's right. I got it. So I am a bottom PJ all day long. Um, but I'm like, I'm kind of like you, Zach. I feel like I'm body P bottom PJ, but at the end, I've realized if I don't shower and I don't get dressed and I don't push myself to do certain things, then I am more lazy the fact to get back. And so I'm one of those things that I know I'm a bottom PJ, but I got to do something because I feel like I've got to get outside. I've got to get moving, got to do those things. And so, yeah, I'm kind of that 50, 50 uh, and I'm struggling because I will tell you not. So when I bottom PJ, I bottom eat. And so, you know, <laughs> so it, it's, it, yeah. Um, so we won't go any further than that, but I will tell you, yes, that, that is a real life struggle. Okay. I got the talking piece. And next question. Um, what is the first thing you're going to do once we have access to being closer than six feet to others? I know what um, I'm going to do. You know what am I going to do? It's you gonna, know what I'm going to involve chips and queso. I'm going somewhere and have chips and queso, happy hour, and give somebody a hug. Pass them to you, Joe. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, nor the normal one-hour wait at Chewy's that I throw a fit about, I'll wait six, seven hours. I'm, I'm, whatever it's going to take to get those margaritas, <laughs> I'm all in. Here to you, Zach. Chewy's does sound really good right now. Um, what could I do? I, I feel like right now I'm up for like a really good game of ultimate Frisbee, like a bunch of people at the park. I don't know, maybe some basketball, like pick up basketball. Just a little stir crazy. I need an outlet. Gotcha. All right. So I'm like you, I want to do something outdoors, kind of like that. And then after I finish that, I want to head right to the Mexican restaurant and then I'll have my margarita and some fajita. I just like, I just, it's not the same. I could make fajitas here and a margarita here. I just I need that ambiance. I need that camaraderie. But I'll be honest, I miss my team. Um, my, my, my team is my family. Um, and so I miss being around educators and kids and my team. And I just can't wait for us to be back together. So good. All righty, guys. Thank you so much. So that uh, was just two questions. Uh, get to know you. Like I said, keep it fun. Keep it light. 
Um, we have to build trust in this. And um, if I don't really know you and I'm not sure about um, you, I'm not gonna answer deep questions. Um, so keep it light and fun. I want people to think of it as if I stepped on a campus and the bell rang and I've not been on that campus before, I'm a stranger, the bell rang, I could ask a question. When that bell rang to any student in the hallway, they could answer it easily. Um, so, so to just extend on that, the reason we call them GTKY is because we actually defined it. We want to keep it shallow-ended, just get to know you. And, and I think Denise is doing an amazing job of, of illustrating that because I think some, and this is not just educators. Some people go too deep too quick, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always joke with them on your first date, you want to, you don't want to talk about all your exes and your crazy cats like that could be you know, later. So you want to give an opportunity for us to just get a chance to GTKY. Let's just get to know you. And the thing about that is, is if you were going, let's say I'm a, a youth pastor, a minister, or I'm doing a Zoom meeting or something, and I want to kind of do an icebreaker, right? Make sure that you ask a question that everybody feels comfortable in answering, because if somebody says pass, right, it's okay to pass. It's okay for them not to answer. So the goal isn't for me as a facilitator of this is to require a response more than it is to encourage. And so I think when a lot of people say, well, how do you get people to talk? I'm like, well, ask good questions. I mean, ask questions to the appropriate audience, right? If I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm in elementary, you know, ask an elementary style question, something that they're interested. In. Ask a middle school question, right? Ask high school questions. So, if you have a diverse group, you, you know, let's say I'm, I'm doing a youth ministry and I have all secondary students, we'll make sure that you ask questions, right? Or and here's the deal: if you do want to get into a little bit deeper of like how are you coping with this right now? Or what, all those other things. All we always reminder is this, start in the shallow, end in the shallow. So for example, with easy question, go a little bit deeper if you need to, go a little bit deeper, and then work your way back into the shallow. Because if you leave your conversation on the deep-ended question, it tends to make us feel like we just had a therapy session. Right, and we don't want it to be therapeutic, even though it could be therapeutic just to talk about it. For us as an audience, we wanna make sure that you're starting in the shallow, end in the shallow, right? So something really simple, go a little bit deeper if you need to, and then get back in that shallow end, and if you're gonna do three questions, but it just allows you to make sure that your audience feels comfortable. And if somebody doesn't wanna share, don't take that personal. It could be a reflection of where they're at currently in their emotions, their mood, their circumstances, and that really with, with everything that's going on right now, I think has to be a highlight. Uh, there's also something for parents. I want to hit on this real quick. At home, I do family circles. So, um, but when I first started, I just did one question because when you have your parents saying, oh, come on guys, we're gonna do a circle and we're gonna be a family. Especially if you have teenage kids, they're looking at you like, what the heck is wrong with my mom? So just start with one question, but I will say, put the technology in a box and say, hey guys, we're just gonna take an opportunity to connect as a family, come together. We are so technology driven and everybody comes home and parents ask this question, how was your day? What does kids say? Oh, fine. Well, all right, they're fine. But if we ask, tell me something good that happened in your day today, you might get a little more detail. So it's really how you ask it. And of course, you can always do, you know, family 
chats, circles, call it whatever you want to call it. So one way to, to one way to do that is once you put your phones aside, you literally could hand post-it notes to your kids. Everybody could write down a question. You put it into a cup or a bucket, and then you just randomly pull that out. So if I literally in the household, if I was with a group of teenagers or a larger family, I would say, okay, everybody put in your question for today. That way, when we randomly, we could be standing around the big island eating breakfast with cereal, right? And you literally could be like, all right, somebody pull out the question, right? And we're just going to kind of go around and just going to get a chance to answer that question or check in with it. You know, those are the little things because you don't have to go, I don't know what to ask. There's tons of questions. And I feel like if you ask teenagers, right, or adolescents to contribute the question, then they're more likely to feel like it's going to be on point for them to answer. So if I'm virtually doing something and I got a group of, of teens in a, in, a, in a virtual setting like Zoom, then I'm going to say, hey, why doesn't every, and, or I leave you and say, hey, when we come back tomorrow for our Zoom or our Wednesday night meeting, why don't everybody bring one question and you can submit that right? And we can kind of pick from those questions and everybody feels comfortable doing those types of things because I don't want the facilitators or the parents or your influencers to think who's going to come up with these questions, right? Yeah. Man. All right. So we're going to have you guys back on because there's so many other questions and thoughts that I have that there's, you're opening a, you know, a door here for, for parents, educators, youth pastors, all of us who are influencers to really walk down and connect with folks. And I'm, I'm even thinking about things that uh, I've experienced within the context of the workplace, not just ministry. Um, it, and this is, this is powerful stuff. So where, how do people connect with you guys? Denise, I want you to share what you're doing right now for high school seniors. So if anyone listening knows a high school senior, uh, I want you to connect with these, what Denise is, is up to right now. So I'm going to try to not get emotional on this, but um, I just was sitting and thinking, I have so many kids that I've had an opportunity to get to know. Um, and some are seniors right now and speaking with them, they're heartbroken that right now their senior year is spent at home. And I just thought like, what is a way that I can bring, they can know that they're not alone and I can bring that community um, of seniors together so that they can kind of create their own community, check in with each other, see how they're doing. Um, so we've started at NetLP, we started our, our senior page. Um, it's called Connecting um, Class of 2020. Um, we're going to be doing virtual um, circles with seniors. Um, my hope is that we get this great idea to do a virtual prom, uh, game nights, um, for seniors to be able to connect and know that they're not alone. We need to check on them and see where they are and how they're doing. And when I sent that post out, the responses were unbelievable. That lets me know that they are sitting out there just not knowing what to do. I need something. I need someone. I feel so alone is what many of them told me, including their parents. So we'll have our page up and it'll be um, for high school seniors, um, even the parents, if they want to connect with each other, because parents are struggling right now as well. They've waited all this time to graduate high school and to have their babies graduate. And now nobody knows what's going to happen. So create community, pull everybody together. Um, we'll be doing that. Look for our page. We'll post things. We also have a blog, check us out. 
Okay. So that website again is, I love this, nedrp.com, right? Yes. And then are you guys, uh, Facebook, Instagram, you're on those platforms too? We got your Facebook, we got Instagram, we're, uh, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Twitter, we've got all, it, it, um, and those, those, those tags are at N-E-D-R-P-E-T-E. Um, and so you, I'm sure we'll provide a link for all of those for yep. social media. But the main way to find us is just through our NEDRP.com because on there, you can go to our blog. And our blog right now is addressing virtual home parents, teachers. And we're trying to come up with content and tools, much like we discussed today. You can take a deeper dive into those tools and get a lot more examples if you go to the blog site. Um, and then just follow along with us in social media. And so then the last thing I will tell you, we're really proud that we just finished our first seven and a half hour online training course. And so we're vetting it this week. It's set to launch next Monday. Um, it's gonna be for school districts and for campuses and districts that are looking for professional development hours in the area of restorative practices, AKA relational practices, um, how to teach, how to help teachers along, extend these tools. So we'll be talking about our 60 second relate break, our two minute connection, our 90 second spark plan, our pulse meters and our GTKY circles and our treatment agreements. So you can take a deeper dive into that and finding more about who we are and what we bring to the classroom by taking this opportunity to uh, take our online course for the first time ever. Um, based on this pandemic, we tried to meet the needs of our customers and our educators that are sitting at home looking for something virtual. And so we created this. It'll be launching next Monday. You can, you can stay tuned to the website and our social media for discount coupons and different things and opportunities for you to partic uh, participate in that training and get to know all of us. And so Denise is part of that training. Denise has a kind of a summary. Uh, for, uh, Denise from speaking from the heart after every one of the tools. I do the introduction and the closure. You get a chance to know who we are. I just tried to tell people, I don't want this to be like that defensive driving thing where you just try to like click through and get through the videos. We are literally trying to connect with people, telling stories, showing personal pictures. Like we're trying the best that we can to go through the screen to get people to connect with us because we feel like what you two got to experience in live, it's so hard to replicate those connections online, but we're doing the best that we can and we've pivoted and we're excited about meeting the needs that's why we go back to that question, Joe. What do you need? Mm -hmm. Anybody out there, what do you need? That's our question. What do you need during this time? If you need someone to listen, if you need someone to talk to, if you need tools, any of those things, I think between your ministry and our, and our ministry, because it is a ministry for me, between our two ministries, I feel like if your listeners and influencers, if they'll reach out to us in some form or fashion, I promise you between our resources, we can put our heads together to meet all of, our, all of your listeners' needs. Mm -hmm. This is brilliant. Yeah, I lo I'm loving it. I'm, I'm ready to take a look at that online training again, even though I went to the physical training live. But man, you guys are, are, are doing such great stuff out there. Um, and, you know, if you, schools, you're probably just scratching the surface, right? This is, this is the next frontier, like churches, workplaces, like how do we foster these sorts of connections, um, you know, people, person-to-person -person connections, and how is, how is our culture going to just benefit for all leveraging tools like this? I mean, um, so much great stuff. Uh, Kevin, Denise, I can't thank you enough for spending uh, a very long time with us on this podcast, but every bit of it has been valuable, and I'm sure we're going to have more to discuss in the future, so appreciate both you guys.
Thank you guys for having us. Thank you, thank you. I love you and I love your listeners and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much. All righty. See All you right. guys later. All right. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.